Hey there, Jason. It's time for another episode of The Enlightened Agent. Uh, and we just finished a, a great conversation with Brad Hoskett uh, out in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I really enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, Brad's great. I met him a couple of years ago at a, at a, at a conference. Uh, t- ton of personality, ton of energy. And um, uh, I've been excited to get, get to know him better and uh, heard some really good stories from him today. Yeah, I mean, it was great because, you know, we talked to a lot of people and I loved hearing about people with a lot of experience in insurance, but he came from another industry and brings some fresh takes to uh, to this business that he may not have had if he'd been in it his whole life. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I think uh, like a lot of our other guests, you know, he's got a really good story around, um, you know, what he and his agency have done to, to help some people who, um, frankly, needed insurance, which is exactly why we do this. Yeah, he, he had a great story that uh, people should hang into the end to hear because it was a good one. I also think I'd like to work for the guy. He seems like a good guy. So Yeah, he emphasizes fun uh, and culture, which is something we do as well. So so um, when, I, when, when I'm done here, Brad, we'll be giving you a call. <laughs> All right, us. well, with that, let's get to our conversation with Brad. Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Enlightened Agent, the podcast that brings you conversations with top insurance professionals and industry leaders. I'm Dean Gemmel, and I'm joined again by the Broker Buddha CEO, Jason Keck. Hey, Dean. Jason. Good to be back. Yeah, Glad you're be direct here. there in the Broker Buddha pandemic headquarters again. Glad to Indeed. have you here. But our guest today is Principal, the Principal and Managing Partner at Ohio-based Hoskett Ulan. Brad Hoskett, welcome to The Enlightened Agent. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, well, Brad, let's start with uh, let's start with where you are, uh, what you're doing right now uh, in your role at, at at your agency. Well, right now, uh, just uh, trying to grow an independent insurance agency uh, in Columbus, Ohio. We have locations in Columbus and Dayton, Ohio as well, um, and uh, just kind of trying to figure out which where the world's going to take us here day by day um and kind of excited to have more face-to-face interaction and, uh really and uh seeing seeing what will what the world will bring us next and you guys acquired an agency right just before the pandemic or during the pandemic we or? did we actually sent out our welcome uh <laughs> to our new uh our, our new member of our team uh, Jeff joined us and actually, uh, folded his agency in and, and wanted to kind of, uh, be a part of our agency on his way out the door. We sent out an invitation to a party and, uh, the whole world <laughs> shut down. So yeah, needless <laughs> to say, that was a, an interesting way. I think he was here 10 days before we, sh- we closed our office by uh, governor's orders. Wow. Um, but so- uh, no, that's been, a, it's actually been a lot of fun. And I think that you know, looking back, he would probably say he was fortunate to have a bigger team than a, than than kind of a two person shop. You sounds like you've been. Uh, you said earlier you're trying to figure out what what where the world is going. Have you? Uh, what what have you learned? Because I think I'd like to know, and I'm sure other people would like to know what what what's happening out there. Well, you know, I I think that you know if you have employees and you have carriers, you hear every day that all the reasons that we can't grow and we can't win, and it's uh, the pandemic has been the the number one reason, um, the way we kind of look at it, me especially is this has been probably one of the greatest opportunities for us in, in my uh, career 
in insurance because um, some people put their head in their sand and, and didn't know what to do next. Um, other people just kind of said, let's wait and see. And then we said, let's go, let's, let's keep rolling. Um, I live on zoom teams, you name it. And, uh, yep. now I've talked to, to Jason many a time from, uh, from this, this, uh, manner, but, uh, no, it's just kind of one of those things where I think that, uh, trying to be out there and be unique and be different has has just as much opportunity now, um, to differentiate yourself in a highly competitive marketplace. There's that political saying, you know, never miss the opportunity that a crisis creates, right? So well, you can the business as well. <laughs> I mean, fortunately for us, um, the crisis, uh, if you will, has it has we 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 still we maintain 100 percent of our employees. Um, we've had tremendous retention of accounts. We've actually hired five new people since oh. the pandemic started, um, which is also unique. Yeah, um, we actually have. Um, we have one employee that I've never met face to face, which is something <laughs> that I never thought I would say uh, in the near future would happen. A um, lot of, lot of, uh, you know, virtual meetings and calls, but uh, it's odd to have someone on our team and a small independent agency where I've never met them face to face, but Hey, we just keep, we keep rolling. And, uh, and so. Did you guys do uh, any, any, any uh, special projects you guys did over the last year during the pandemic? Anything you sort of said, you know what, let's this, this, now it like, this is the catalyst for doing X or Y. Was there anything in there? Is it? Well, you know, it's funny. We, we, um, I joined, uh, in the, in the agency one, one of 13. Um, and I would say we were a very stereotypical independent insurance agency. Um, you know, agency management platform, legacy systems. Um, I, I can't say that we were much different than, than most of those of, of our peers. Um, and we grew very, very quickly. Um, and sometimes when you, when you're in growth mode, you, you don't necessarily stop to work on your business. They just follow, everybody was following you. Is that what happened? You showed up and then, and next thing you know, the business is flying. All right. Well, just, no, I mean, I'll take credit. I think it was a, a result of a lot of good things happening in energy. And, uh, but you know, this was the year that we sat down strategically, um, and said, Hey, 21, you know, we were talking in 20 that in 21 will be the year that we're going to change our platform that we run on. Um, and we need to have a platform that we can triple again. We've quadrupled since 2013, um, okay. in premium volume. And we said, we've, we need to have a platform that can enable us to do that again. Yeah. And we were not in that place. Um, and so we had a lot of 2020 initiatives that kind of got held on just where, <laughs> where are people going to be and how are we going to do this? Um, but really 2021, we've just decided we're going to try to grow, uh, every way we can, but we're going to really reinvest in our systems and our platforms and our way that we do business. So, Good. you know, it's, it's actually, I would say that we're working way more than we ever have, uh, <laughs> just because there's so many of these additional initiatives that are on the table. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's definitely exciting. So we, I, the, the key is that we can see the, the, the benefit and why we're doing it. Yeah. I want to hear more about that. I know you guys have, uh, you guys have, uh, adopted Salesforce as a platform. Um, have you, have you given up your management system? Is it gone? Are you still holding on to get the data for you? I, I thought it was one of those things it was like, Oh, we got to keep paying for it for another year just to get the data, but, uh, or keep the data, but you know, I don't know. It's, it's funny. We're, we're, we're a unique group because we, um, we started a, uh, my background was in real estate prior to the insurance industry. 
okay. as a risk manager for a, a large real estate developer in the Midwest. Um, and kind of thought I wanted to someday make a, make a run at doing something on my own and ha- had been recruited by insurance carriers to try to uh, persuade me to get into the industry where there's not as many young people, it seems. Right. Um, and so finally made the jump. Um, and we had been using Salesforce for a digital uh, program. We actually had a renter's insurance program that catered to my previous life um, to fulfill a need for property owners. Okay. Um, and so we had built that as to fill a kind of a void. Um, and we were using Salesforce and I, you know, being the total green, uh, you know, individual to the insurance industry, I came in and logged into the agency management systems. And I'm like, where's this, where's this, where's this? And they're like, Oh, we don't, we don't have any of that. Right. Um, and so really, you know, to be a client facing organization and all about relationships and to have very little of that information at our fingertips, we yep. started to use Salesforce um, from a pure sales tool from client relationship management um, back in 2013. Um, okay. Um, at the time, there was really no way for it to become your, your quote, management system. Um, we we uh, just recently had three agency management systems due to acquisitions. And <laughs> so we are consolidating and we are going to more of a platform base. Um, where Salesforce will be the backbone of our, okay. um, but obviously we're there's a whole lot of vendors and and folks that we're integrating in to create one experience. But the key is that the 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 platform is there with Salesforce. Well, that's the that's the the value of Salesforce is it's it's open and you can plug in you know other systems and solutions. And uh, I totally get it. We were on um, with another agency, Gregory and Appel, a couple of weeks ago. I was doing doing the same thing right now. They're um, replatforming on Salesforce. Um, I'm, I'm curious because I asked uh, Christina, w- what are the things that it's missing, right? Because you, you always start down that road and then you realize, hmm, there's this one thing that my management system did that I just, I got to recreate it here. And it's just really hard. I mean, you can, there's a lot of stuff you can do, but then there's some things that are hard and you miss them and you either stuck dealing without them for a little while or you're cobbled together with solutions and then come to mind around that. Well, you know, it's interesting that you asked that because when I came in being totally green to the, to this side of the business, um, I asked a lot of questions of, well, why do we do that this way? Sure. You know, that process, we do this next. Okay. Why? And everybody goes, well, because that's what the system says we do. Right. I'm like, but what's, I don't understand. Does the underwriter want us to do that? Does the client want it? Where, where, what's the reason <laughs> for that? And most of our people said, that's, I don't, I've never really thought of it that way. Um, the unique thing about being kind of a small agency that, that has grown is a lot of our people are new. Um, we have a lot of people who, you know, I think some of the the problems in our industry are, you know, if you've had uh, employees, who have done it for 30 years, the exact same way every day, that's a hard thing to break someone's behaviors of, of where those, those, and to your point, Jason, about what are those things that, um, we, I, we, we kid that we didn't even use our management system effectively. So the bar was very low, right. um, <laughs> not like everyone of us did it the same way. Right. Um, we had a lot of people kind of running their desk, their own way that, that all got into the system, the same, you know, end result, but everybody got there a different direction. And so the, the big change we've made is, is really asking ourselves why we do what we do, what information do we really need? Um, and really focus it all on the, the client experience, because ultimately that's what, that's what we're here for. 
Um, and what we found is some of our most talented people, um, people that are just, we would put up against anybody in the industry with their, their knowledge and expertise. We're doing things that we couldn't imagine why we were having them do those things. When you really got into the weeds and they're like, well, I do this. And then I click this and then I email that. And I was like, my goodness, we, this is, we're missing the boat here. Um, so our total direction has been as, um, you know, a lot of sports people in here, but we always said we want our shooters to shoot our rebounders to rebound. Um, but I was waiting for the basketball reference. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, we got to, we take it back to things that we understand. So, but, uh, you know, how do we get the people that doing the, their highest and best? Um, and how do you, how do you get those people to change? Are they, I mean, is it, is it like, Hey guys, stop, uh, get ready for change. And it's, it's almost like it's a total mindset, right? Like you have to just be prepared to change. And then like, cause you, you have to wipe out all this kind of history of doing the same thing over and over and over again. And that's hard. I think the biggest thing is to be able to have a, something to replace it with. You got to yeah. be able to see it. You, I think when you go from a system to a system, then you say, well, how do we do step two in the new system. Right. But when you build a new process, you take somebody who maybe is very, very talented and you say, I want you to do that on all of these accounts, not just quote your book, you know, the book of business that you serviced or your clients. And, and really the communication of where it all comes back to and being one team. Um, If you have somebody who's an expert at a specific coverage line or has a tremendous amount of background with uh, a, a specific vertical or client, they want to work with them. You know, they would prefer because they're, they're good at it. It's this human nature. I'm, I, Oh, I've been doing this for 10 years. I, I know these inside now. So it's how do we let those people work on the things that they're extremely gifted um, and how do we fill in around them? And that's really been our focus with the platform is to let, you know, people perform their highest and best. Um, it's hard. I mean, that's a ton of hours. Uh, but one of the huge keys to that is that we've, uh, we've, we've added two team members who are not in production or in service who strictly are based on helping build out systems who can speak the technology language. So when somebody says, I need it to do this you right. know, to your point about why don't forget, I need to be able to do this one feature, then they can say, okay, we'll get a third party that will actually do that for us, or we can build out our platform to do that. Um, and so that awesome. we don't want to just turn our back on, on critical elements. <laughs> I, mean, I need to do this and now you can't do it. So yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's technical of an industry, but, um, <laughs> I, I think the light bulb has gone off. Don't get me wrong. It's anytime you change, it's, a, it's terribly difficult. Um, <laughs> and human nature is, is a tough thing to change, but, um, I think people are having fun seeing that they can do more of what they enjoy and less busy yeah. work. Well, it sucks. It sucks when you've got a system and all these years you've been wanting to do it differently, but you can't. So then you just kind of give up and you just do it the way the system forces you to do it. And then all of a sudden you're basically saying, actually, all those things you've been wanting to do <laughs> like, oh, wait, that's possible now. That's, ex-, you know, and they get excited and then you get to, like you said, they get to do the things that they're good at doing and want to do and not just, you know, not just moving paper around and moving data around. So, um, well, and, and I think typically the, the other problem with our industry is there's a ton of solutions out there and InsureTech has, has provided a ton of, of tools. Um, but you know, just because you buy a tool doesn't mean that you, you use it properly or can actually use it for good. Um, and I think too often the person who makes a decision to buy that heard that there's a need, they buy it. No one really implements it. No one really 
um, you know, puts it in, into play correctly. And then nothing's really gained out of it. So you all of a sudden at the end of the day, you have this technology stack of all these things. <laughs> you ask the people, do you use that? They're like, no, I haven't logged in there in six it's, months. And you're like, like, you know what that's costing us? Like, it's like my kid's toy box, right? There's all these toys and they literally forget that they're all there. They just want the new shiny one. And then, and then they move on and it's different. And then you get, you pile up with junk. So exactly. And I, I think that, <laughs> At the end of the day, junk. <laughs> we, we, um, uh, it, our vertical is very unique because at the end of the day, there's always a, a lot of tools out there that you can get that can satisfy some of those things. But yep. I always kid people. I'm like, just because I have a gym membership doesn't mean I'm in shape, right? <laughs> just because you bought the tool doesn't mean that all of a sudden that you're using it to its full, you know, potential. And so we're trying to really kind of ask our, ourselves, do we need that? Do we use it? Does it fulfill a need? Kind of the answer the why of everything. Um, and, and if we need it, absolutely. Let's put it into the stack. Let's have it be one of our components. But yep. three other softwares that do the exact same thing. Why are we? Why do we have that one? Yep. Right. And it's yep. hard to slow down to do because the second you get into one of those meetings, you're going to get a client call who says, hey, I got an issue. You got that too as well. <laughs> Um, you mentioned coming over from real estate to insurance and how there was a dearth of young people in the business at the time. So what do you say to someone young who's <laughs> contemplating the industry and, and how do you get that young person into to, uh, to your agency, make you maybe have a better agency basketball team because you're younger, whatever it takes? Right? <laughs> no, I'm well retired, just to be clear on that. So, um, no, I, you know, it's one of those things and I, I, I've listened to your podcasts and I think it's always funny because no one ever says, yeah, I grew up and I went to high school and decided I was going to go major in risk management in college and got out and got a job in insurance. Um, you know, being, uh, I think the greatest part of this industry is it's all based on relationships. Um, and so if you really enjoy people and you have relationships and enjoy building relationships, I tell people all the time, I've never found a better business. Um, you know, in real estate, I have tons of friends that are still in real estate and, you know, there's the, that's a big sexy chase and there's a big deal and it hits and it's over and the dust settles and then you got to go find the next one. Right. Yeah. And so, um, it's just a very different process. Um, this is something that if you want to build a career, this is a, a wonderful career. Um, I, I wish I had found it sooner. Right. I, I mean, I was in tech for 20 years and, you know, I would have, I, I would have scoffed at the idea of entering the insurance industry for so long. I was young and hip and cool. And then I got here and I was like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> in like a totally different way. Right. Like I'm, I'm dead serious. Right. I mean, I was in music and media and apps and that whole thing. And it was fun and it was, you know, made me feel important. Um, but the, the engineer in me and the, who loves to solve problems found the space and was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of opportunity here. And the a lot of problems to solve, a lot of problems to solve. <laughs> and the, 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 you know, the, the, the extrovert in me who likes being around people realized that the personalities in this space are extraordinary, right? You know, whether it's the awesome. conferences or wherever you go, like the people in the space, they're just, they're fantastic people. They're good people. They're very different than tech people. Tech people are, you know, twitchy and awkward and, and, you know, you want to talk about things, they have strong personalities and it's like, you know, it's, it's a different, it's a different space. So, um, and I love tech people, don't get me wrong, but, um, but the, the, the personalities you meet in this space are just fantastic. So I'm with you on it. Yeah. I, I think it's the, you know, if you, if you enjoy people and you enjoy solving problems, 
Um, you know, we have a solutions in our name for a reason, because that's at the end of the day, that's what we provide for people. Um, you know, an insurance has got a kind of a negative stigma. Um, you know, somebody's always going to sell you something or they're going to wear you out or, you know, and it's funny, my wife were, uh, as a nurse for a plastic surgeon. Um, and if we go to a cocktail party, she is the most popular person there because everybody's got 10 questions they want to ask. <laughs> and if I want to get out of a conversation, I'll just tell somebody I sell life insurance and I can watch how quick they will pivot out of that conversation. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. It's just the stigma that's been then placed on people in our we need, to, we need to connect you. We had uh, Jason Angus from uh, the Hill Group last week. He started his career with a uh, cosmetic. Uh, it was an insurance product for doctors who did cosmetic surgery, actually. Okay. <laughs> See? So he, 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 he joined them both. So, he, you know, he ended up selling his agency to the Hill Group and carried on, but, uh, he, he managed to merge the, the, the fun, fun part of cosmetic surgery with the, the fun part of insurance. And, you know, he's, he's done well for himself. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, the, you talked about the relationships in the space and, and how that matters. Uh, you guys have been involved in the Keystone insurance group for a while now. I'm, I'm I've heard about Keystone. I, I read about it. I feel like it's visible at a lot of the conferences when we went to them. What, what does that relationship look like? Uh, what do you guys get from them? What do they get from you? Um, well, Keystone insurance group is, a is, um, I, I think, uh, one, once again, one of those negative connotations is it's an aggregator. Okay. Um, but, um, ultimately Keystone's set up very different than many of the other aggregation, uh, plays in, currently in this space. Um, Keystone is, is typically invitation only. Um, right. it's kind of a mold that, of an agency that fits. Um, and you know, the Keystone relationship for us has been fantastic because, uh, of several reasons, but it, it, it allows us to be much larger than we, we currently are when we need to be, uh, with risk management division, claims division, you know, the HR attorneys on staff, um, we have resources that we wouldn't normally be able to afford likely in our current size. Um, there's a lot of, there's some tech initiatives now around some aggregation of our, our data. Um, of about 300 or so property and casualty uh, focused insurance agents. Cool. Um, I think in, I'll misspeak, I'll get a, a call after someone listens to this, but I, I want to say uh, 14 states, but growing. Um, okay. um, and so Keystone has, and, and the interesting thing about Keystone is the partners are the shareholders in Keystone. So Keystone doesn't own the agents the partners being the independent agents, we own the, we own the stock in the company. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, we have a vested interest in seeing the success of, of, uh, Keystone. And, um, the, the number one thing that we've gained from Keystone, me especially has been the intellectual capital of partners. Um, you know, I can, oh, I can send out a, a message and I can have a, a partner from North Carolina who I've met at a conference once, or who maybe remembers me. And says, Hey, we write a ton of those call me, you know? And so there's much more of a collaboration and a partnership where people treat each other as true partners, um, rather than just kind of, uh, you know, two agents who represent the same carrier don't treat each other the same as two Keystone agents. Um, I treat them as an extension of our agency. Uh, and so if you get into a risk that's unique or get into a claim that's odd or different and you need just to talk it through, or you need to have some more, you know, horsepower on an account there. Are, we've got unbelievable resources, three and a half billion dollars in premium 
So there's always somebody else out there. And I think the biggest difference is that they, they usually want to help. They usually say, call me. Let's, let's talk about it. Absolutely. We do a bunch of that. So that the, the, the friendships and the, the companionship, um, and, and you kind of find your group in any group, right? Um, there's been an emerging leaders group that I was, uh, intimately involved with, uh, for many years. I think I'm starting to get too old now. Maybe be <laughs> emerging, uh, but, uh, but no, there, I, I've got friends from all over the country that I, I will text and call on, on a, at least a weekly basis who are doing the same thing we are in a different, in a different market. So that collaboration is kind of invaluable. Nice. You, um, you talked about, uh, um, uh, maybe expanding out of the emerging leaders category. Um, one of the things that I find comes up a lot, uh, just in general conversations with agents and agencies is the concept of, uh, succession, right. And, you know, you're a, you're still a young guy and, um, I'll, you know, but hopefully want to retire someday and, and, and pass things along. I mean, I know your father was the one originally, uh, helped start the agency. So, uh, thoughts about succession in general and, and, you know, for people out there, for other agency owners out there listening, like, how do you think about that? I'm curious. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I mean, is it too early to ask that question? Are no, you no, no. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, I guess I'm on the other side of that right now. I'm trying to be other people's succession planning solution. Okay. Um, great. You know, I would yeah. love to be that. I'm, uh, I got a, I have a six and a nine year old. So let's, let's, you know, I, I feel like I'm still in the first half, hopefully. Okay. Of my career, but to be fair, you always have to be, you know, replacing yourself and having that next generation coming. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. My, my father was actually not in insurance his whole life. He got in, uh, about four years before I did, he was retired and decided to do this <laughs> out of the, I kind of at, at strong, strong urging for me saying, man, I would have done this. I was living through the 2008, uh, market correction in real estate, but I said, had I known, you know, then what I know now, this is what I would have done. And we kind of looked at this opportunity and he got into the business and then, and then I came in and joined him. Um, but I think that, um, obviously the focus on private equity, um, in this space and, you know, I, I would call it kind of the middle market of the independent agencies are just vanishing, you know, the mid-size well-run growth engine agencies, yeah. they, they just are disappearing. Um, They're getting gobbled up. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, those are the, those are the sexy ones for the, 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 uh, the big, big acquirers to uh, you right. know, go after. I mean, we get a phone call once a week. Um, right. so, um, and I'm more so saying, you know, we want to create a culture and a team where maybe somebody says, I got an option to do that, but I kind of want to be a part of this. This is right. more fun. And, you know, I don't know what that looks like for me or my, my people. A lot of, right. a lot of independent agents I've found are extremely, um, connected to their people. You know, they built this company with these same people. Um, and so they're, they're very, very concerned with what's going to happen to their team if yeah. they decide to retire. Um, and so, you know, we would love to be that solution for more and more folks. Um, and I think that's part back to that platform is that we have a way to, to bring something different to the party. Um, but obviously can't compete with, uh, the likes of some of those acquires and some of their technology and their systems are, are super impressive. And, and it's just a different way, right? Yeah. But I mean, I, we, we've talked, we've talked to many of them, right. And that's part of what I do every, every day and every week, and they're all still figuring it out. Right. And there's room for, there's room for innovation. There's room for differentiation. 
Um, and we've seen the ones who have been successful. There's not, there's not a, there's not a single playbook. Um, and if you, if you can develop a playbook that works for you, you're going to, you're going to jump past some others and you're going to create, you know, opportunities for scale and growth. And there's all kinds of ways to finance M and A and, and, you know, access the, the companies you want. If you've got the infrastructure to be able to scale, that's, that's key. And I think you guys are, you guys are doing the right thing right now. So. Yeah. So, I mean, we're having fun building it and growing it. And that's the fun part for me. And, and, and really the, the team that we're putting together is the most fun part for me. Good. Um, and, and so, you know, having more like-minded people to come and, you know, call it work every day, but when you enjoy being around the people that you, you know, are, are coworkers to me, that they're teammates yeah. to me. That's, that's, that's fun. Yeah. And the succession so, will take care of itself when that happens. There, there'll be, there'll be opportunities there. And, um, that's awesome. You know, and there's always the fallback here. Right? There's always people with a checkbook who want you every day. No, right. I'm kidding. That's not. I mean, there are. Hey, it's just build a good business. If you get a good option, you know, consider it and, and make a decision. So um, we, we've got a lot of things on our roadmap that uh, we would like to get done first. You know, right. to get a long horizon, um, and and I think there's a lot of opportunity in our space to to be you know who we are and what we're doing and Good. be a little bit uniquely different. So we're, we're super excited about just the growth opportunities. Good. You know, we were talking, um, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about some of the the great things that, uh, that you and, and other agents do for the businesses out there to, to really save their bacon. And so, um, you know, one of the questions I like uh, all of our guests to talk about is um, kind of related to who we are and our brand, uh, Broker Buddha. And it's, um, it's based around the concept of enlightenment. And obviously our podcast is called the enlightened agent. So, um, enlightenment is defined as the state of having knowledge or understanding. And, uh, I'm curious if there's any stories you can share about, uh, either you or your agency, um, you know, in an enlightened situation where you helped a company and, um, you know, help them out of a tough, tough situation. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, kind of my foray into, uh, to get into the business was from real estate. Um, and so I, I purchased insurance. And so right. I, I had a very different perspective when I got to see how brokers worked who were trying to sell the products uh, to me. Right. Um, and so kind of what they focused on and how they, they positioned the, the, the entire arrangement. And so at the time, um, you know, a renter's insurance was something that the state of Ohio was really strongly encouraging that you had in your lease. Um, and so, but it's something that was a nuisance to all property managers because you had to, if you had to require it, then you had to go track it down and you couldn't demand they buy it from you or from a, a an outlet that you preferred they buy it from unless you pay for it. And so the, you know, the state was, was mandating that the property managers they, they were strongly their... encouraging. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And okay. so the form leases from the, uh, division of real estate and so forth would all have that you should require it. Um, but no property owner wants to go track it down and no leasing agent at a community ever wants to go track down your deck page right. to give you keys to an apartment. So one of the first things that we did is we created a, a platform to basically to solve that for uh, tenants who are renting apartments. And we created a digital um, environment where it could go total point of sale, start yeah. to finish. And so it satisfied that for the property manager. So we really did it to satisfy the property owners and managers to get one of those nuisance checked off their box. Yep. Um, that was also a risk transfer for them because a lot of their 
losses are caused by tenants. And if they right. don't have insurance, then guess who pays for it? The, the property owner's insurance policy. Um, and so um, we've had many instances, but we had one specifically where there was a, an apartment fire um, and the uh, chief operating officer of the company called me and said, hey, I get it. It, it. The light went off for me. And I said, what's that? And he told me that there was a young lady who was in her nightgown in the leasing office with the fire department. And she said, I don't have any clothes. I don't have anything in my apartment. Um, there was a fire in the adjacent unit. It was not her fault. She lost right. everything. And they, they said, oh, don't worry. The Red Cross is here and they're going to put you up for a couple nights. But she had a renter's insurance policy to which then actually allowed her to get back on her feet. Even something so simple as just going to the store the next day to get clothes, to be right. able to get back to work. Um, but when you lose all of your personal belongings, um, but the property management team came to me and said, hey, look, we never really understood any of that. I didn't really understand it, but I get it now. So there was a human element. They also had a you know about a million and a half dollar loss in their building and they got a new building replaced <laughs> too. But you know, so the insurance went from the property level, $25 million property down all the way down to a single renter right. and a tenant. Right. Um, and so, you know, that was one of those, those light bulb moments where we were, we were kind of solving for the property owner and to make our offering more complete, but you realize there was a real human element there. Uh, and I, I, be, I bet the tenant probably wouldn't have gotten the insurance if you hadn't made it easy for them to, right. That's, that's one of my guesses, right. Or, you know, maybe they would have, I mean, well, the you provided was the platform that made it simple, I guess, right? For tenant to Well, it, yeah, exactly. And that was the key is a little education if you yeah. so ch chose to, to you know, <laughs> Consider, watch or listen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's kind of that big brother mentality of I have to have it. I don't really know what it is. It's just intangible until you need it. Right. Um, and typically the, the best insurance are somebody who's ever had to use their insurance. Right. Because they understand the value. Um, right. Anytime anybody's been then been replace back to where they were even a better position than prior to the loss. They, they see the value all of a sudden. Okay. Um, but that's one of our toughest things is, is adding value is to, if someone's never used their insurance, they see it as an expense. It's just a line item and a sometimes well, a nuisance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love that story though, because I mean, like I think we all hope that we never have to use our insurance. Right. And so it does feel like a line item and a nuisance. Um, but I, I, you know, it's really I think it's important that people understand and remember that shit happens, right? <laughs> and yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to be caught out and you know, you want to, you want to work with somebody who you can trust, who's going to get you as much as you need, but no more than you need, right? You're not going to spend too much. Um, you know, it's always hard to thread the needle about getting exactly what you need and nobody can predict the future, but um, you know, you guys had a good program in place. It sounds like for both the, the company and the individuals and it sounds like everybody won. Right? Yeah. So. yeah. So, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, losses happen. Um, and when you say, well, the good news is we got you covered. Now, let, now let's just go to putting everything back to normal. Um, yeah, right. You know, and, and no one's hurt. Those are the, those are the best outcomes. Um, and so, yeah, that's once again, that's providing that solution. And, and, and the more, the more people you can do that for you to grow and, and hopefully they become advocates of, of your, your style and your, your team. And, and that's really what, you know, I've enjoyed so much about the business is that it, insurance can take you about anywhere too. You know, you, it's amazing. I know too many people. So I end up bringing in, you know, things where everybody says, I don't even, I've never even heard of this. Where did you find this? You know? Right. So 
you know, it's a common refrain. People say they get involved in so many different businesses and so many different things that it's interesting. Well, I just have a, I I think if you have a passion for figuring out what people do, um, you know, if you're, if, if you're uh, curious by nature, um, then, you know, you really get deeper into what they have. And a lot of times you uncover things that they say, how do you guys protect that? Like, I don't know. I I don't even buy insurance for that. Like, excuse me. Like you have a huge risk there. And like, Hey, why don't you come see me this week? You know? And that's where a lot of those, those discussions start. It's just trying to figure out where, you know, what, what people have done. You know, I love talking to people who've built, you know, wildly successful businesses because they all have such amazing stories. Um, and that really drives a lot of, of my energy. It's just, it's so much fun to be around people. I worked for two guys in real estate who built just an absolute amazing company. Um, and so just that wildly curious and why not us mentality, uh, there's, it's just such an, an incredible industry to be in. Well, Brad, it's been a uh, pleasure to spend some time with you in this uh, virtual pandemic way, but uh, <laughs> uh, we really appreciate having you on the podcast. Um, and uh, if there's anything else you want to add before uh, before we let you get back into what looks like some grim weather out there in Columbus, uh, just <laughs> just let me know. No, I mean, I got to get, I, I think the snow has melted from our April 21st uh, snow, mm. snow uh, unexpected storm, but uh, no, I appreciate it. Um, And uh, thank you guys for asking me to be part. 